The future is a hefty responsibility and not one that we take lightly. But then taking things lightly has never been what hefty is about. That's why we've created the Hefty Renew program that turns hard to recycle plastics into valuable resources like park benches and building materials. To participate, simply fill up an orange Hefty Renew bag with accepted items, tie it up, and drop it in with your regular recycling. That's it. It's that easy. It's time to rethink recycling with Renew. Particular valued resources may vary by geography. More info available at heftyrenew.com. Fed can just print more money out of thin air, but the government's always going to be in debt to the Fed. Welcome to another Monday Night Master Debaters. We got a full house tonight, and uh, let me introduce our, our wonderful guests. We have the blue-collar mystic, Mr. Bootsy Greenwood of the Bootsy Greencast. How you doing, brother? Doing great, Matt. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Oh, thanks for joining us. The Paranoid American, one of my favorite comic book pu- uh, publishers. How you doing, brother? Very good, man. Thank you so much. Oh, thanks for joining us. We have a our first guest from Australia. If you haven't heard him yet, he was on uh, episode 180 of Ryan's uh, Dangerous World podcast. Great podcast. Uh, I, I highly recommend you guys listen to it. It's our uh, our new friend, Nick, from Australia. Nick, how's it going, man? Yeah, awesome, man. Thanks for the invite. Oh, definitely. And we have the host of Hidden in Plain Sight. The man who loves Instagram jail. <laughs> Moral Bob, how's it going, brother? I'm doing all right, man. That's social media jail in general, man. I got dude, you're like the get, kid everything who won't gets stop touching the stovetop, though. You gotta pull <laughs> your hand back, man. Don't do it. Right, but it's it's more the kid that gets his hand caught in the cookie jar because what I'm getting is amazing. What I'm doing, like <laughs> I'm not getting hurt. I'm not in the in you know, in danger of hurting myself by touching anything, you know, so, uh, but yeah, man, they silence me everywhere, but whatever. <laughs> it means you're doing something right. Right. Like if yeah, you're, if you're I, getting I canceled, so. if you're getting canceled, then you're doing something right. Yeah. But you got to stay in the game to have a voice. That's the only difference though. You know, if you're on the bench, you can't do anything. That's the beauty of the internet though. I can't ever really be silenced. True. I can be banned off certain platforms, but I can't ever be silenced. Yeah. Yet. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yet. Yet. <laughs> yeah. Uh, well, I'm going to solve that problem because if they ever do turn off the internet and the power, I want to get an old like shortwave radio and do broadcasts from my house. Oh, right. I'm already on there, man. But there's, there's actually even cooler ones. There's all sorts of like decentralized internet. So like, just a local community could kind of have their own little subnet and send messages back and forth and like a little internal Twitter without even having to utilize any other major, you know, utilities. Oh, that's rad. Nice. 
And last but not least, the uh, I, I am proclaiming him the king of Brucella because I had never heard that word before. And I, if we played a drinking game with his latest podcast, you'd be hammered. Dangerous World podcast host, Ryan Dean. Ryan, how's it going, man? <laughs> yeah, dude, you got to drink. You got to take a shot every time you hear Brucella or brucellosis. Dude, right? I, I had never heard of the word Uh-oh. before, and, and I'm going <laughs> to hear it one. in my sleep tonight after that. Dude, it, it was just something very interesting, and I, I really appreciate you uh, calling that episode out. Because, yeah, man, it's, uh, it's, it's something that I think, with all the theories being floated around about the C word, we need to, you know, at least acknowledge all this stuff, dude. So I uh, really appreciate that, man. And then, yeah, dude, just really happy to be here with the Great Deceptions uh, Monday Night Master Debaters, dude. It's always so much fun. Always fun. And and basically what I want to start with is is bouncing off your episode. Um, and and Nick gave us, you know, a great breakdown of, of what he knows from Australia. And and one of the things we were talking about before we we. Uh, went live here was that you know i found fascinating was that nick was saying nick you were saying that uh you guys don't you get the same kind of bullshit from your media that we get from ours you know the double speak the gaslighting they're all over the place so i didn't know what to think when when you know now about you know because i know what we hear here in america about australia is that you guys basically the whole country's locked down, you know, everything, everybody's getting forced. They're going to camps, everything. And then when I listen to you break it down and it's, it's basically state by state, right? Yeah. Yeah. Well, I mean, it's, it's, it's the same old story that we know from the media, you know, it's um, you guys get told a bunch of varying things about what's going on here. And then it's, it's the same for us state by state. We, we could be told something, as I was mentioning before, we could be told there's a protest of a few thousand or a couple thousand happening down in Melbourne, but we'll have live streams on Facebook or Twitter and it's showing 30, 40, 50, even upwards of 80,000 people just flooding the streets protesting. Um, so if, if you just follow the mainstream media, even within our own country, we can have no idea what's going on. I mean, even my girlfriend, like I, I talk about a lot of this stuff regularly and she didn't even have any idea about the Aboriginals getting sent to the camps in Northern Territory. I was just like, wow, like if people in my own home don't know about it when I'm talking about it, like I, I don't think it's going to be very widely known. Um, well, yeah, Rupert Murdoch has a lot to do with that too, right, Nick? I mean, yeah. he said that he, he's like your guys' Rockefeller. Yeah, well, I mean, he was born here. Um, he kind of cut his teeth here before he started going out and doing stuff in the UK and America. Um, I believe he lives in Delaware now because of tax reasons. Um, but yeah, uh, he, he started here. He owns like 70% of our media. And when I say media, I don't just mean TV. That's newspaper, radio. Um, he's been trying to buy up internet media as well. Uh, so, yeah. So he's basically like the gates of uh, Australia. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, he, he, he has a very strong grasp over a lot of politicians. A few politicians have actually come out publicly and, and just like straight out said it as well. You know, like this, this is what Rupert does. And, and like there's been politicians calling out other politicians for being scared of him. Like you're just scared of what Murdoch's going to do to you if you say that. And they've said it publicly. They've said it like um, one guy's Kevin Rudd. He's a uh, ex-prime minister. He's talked about it quite publicly. Um, not that I agree with him on everything that he says, but he, he's talked about that quite publicly. 
Did you mention Delaware? And there, if you look up the list of companies that are headquartered in Delaware, it is insane because they do favor major corporations and major, major wealthy like elites. Yeah. You know, you think Washington, D.C., you think like, you know, New York. Um, I mentioned that little enclave of D.C., uh, Colorado, where like Ivanka lives next to Obama, lives next to Carlson. You know, all these people are living in the same freaking area, but you wouldn't think Delaware, this tiny little state that no one really thinks about. Well, I don't even know if if this is for Delaware, but there's a few states that you can register a business without having a residence. So, I mean, you could just go online, register a business based out of Delaware without ever having having to step foot in the state. So that, I don't know if that's Delaware. the case with that particular state, but I know for a fact that, that there's plenty of ways you can get around and do that. Yeah, it, it is. I've actually like there was a thing I was uh, article I was reading a few years ago. I don't know if I could find it right now, but there's this one address in Delaware where there's like 1500 different companies registered to this one address. And there's wow. just this gigantic mailbox with just like <laughs> the logo of all these companies just all in this one address. And yeah, like they, they, it's, they it's the a same thing. Tax in, haven. Same thing. in I think like Puerto Rico. Um, because there's major tax breaks or tax differences between Puerto Rico and the United States, even though it's a, a, and no capital gains tax either. Right. Yeah. And, and so you'll see the same thing and they've done some investigations where they look into it. And like you said, there may be a couple hundred businesses in this label at this one building and they're like, well, how's that possible? Oh, it's a loophole. So it's technically above board, you know? Yep, exactly. And it's just a game. I mean, it's the same way that, that all these politicians make all this money in the in the stock market because they're allowed to insider trade. So they they have all the advantage in, in this game that they've created. And, and I think there's always another element, too. But whenever you get to those higher levels and, you know, if you're the guy that actually gets to register some kind of a shell corporation in a different state or different country, there's chances are you've got like a whole umbrella of like fall guys you know beneath you so that if anything were to go bad or if it were to get investigated you're so far removed from that process where you know normal business owners or even medium-sized business owners don't always have that whole um kind of cocoon of protection and people that'll jump in front of bullets for you in, in that sort of regard mm. yeah dude there's the uh we were talking about too the uh you know kind of throwing it back to australia a little bit how fascinating it is not only the the region by region difference but what's going on with the poor aboriginals in that in the northern territory right um and it's it's something that goes on in every country it seems but the united states really gets this tough rap about like how you know we we started slavery here in the united states you know what i mean that's that's the mainstream narrative and it's kind of fucked up but I mean, there's some interesting thoughts about that. You know what I mean? It's kind of the story of, of humanity, it seems, right? Well, you're the oppressor. I just wanted to remind you that if you haven't heard it today. <clears throat> and that goes for I, everybody on this panel. All you guys, you're all. <laughs> you're all we are very white here on this panel. Yeah, I had to put a hat on. Uh, <laughs> make it look. That's right. Because we, we haven't met the quota of, of all the white guys with beards. Oh, no, no. It's getting dangerous, you know? <laughs> But, uh, but yeah, I mean, that is the story, though. I mean, the story of humanity, it's, it's force, it's coercion, you know, like Brett Benat put this video out a long time ago, put it very succinctly. You can just look it up on YouTube. It's just, it's called, I could just murder you. The story of civilization, where it's really literally like, there's like this computer animation of two dudes. One dude has something, the other person doesn't. And he's like, you know what? I want that. 
and I could just murder you. And so they just start building more and more sophisticated means of control and or barriers between I could just murder you and uh, you're going to do what I say, you know, basically in so much. So we are watching that play out. And uh, it's interesting to highlight that because it's, I, I don't know, what, what is the difference there? Is it uh, sociopathy? Uh, is it a mental health thing? Because uh, I think if we can get to the sort of root of the problem, not to create a witch hunt, right, but, uh, but to identify maybe the cause, then maybe it's a little bit, um, at least we have more information, I guess, to try and solve the problems. Well, I'll, yeah. I'll definitely propose one, one uh, sort of issue for this. So I think there's this idea of might makes right, and it kind of ebbs and flows between just outright numbers or kind of physical force, and then it kind of sways towards the, the technolo technological advantage. Um, but those two sort of poles just kind of sway between one and the other. But it, it's always a, you know, it's a make it, take it, make, um, you know, might makes right sort of dynamic. And I don't know if there's ever been a great example of a lasting society that broke through that for any long amount of time. Well, they don't well, allow it. <clears throat> they yeah. don't allow it to happen. So any society that is leave, living free without force being their uh, guiding principle, they squash it. You know, there's been many anarchist societies in the world over history, and they all get squashed very rapidly when they see that they're being, you know, very, you know, they're, they're doing really well. There was a, a place in Italy that gained such uh, economic status in such a short period of time that Italy decided to just make it illegal for them to basically make money and then squashed them super fast. So, you know, when it's, when it is a true anarchist society, the tyrannical societies don't allow it to blossom. Like the depression system, right? You start implementing these systems of licenses and regulations. And now this trade that your entire family and your great, great grandpa has been doing for generations, you're not allowed to do it until you go and take a test that's given to you by the government, by the guy that's never done, you know, a day of the thing that your family has been doing for generations. Well, it's two yeah. things, right? It's, it's one, it's pay to play, basically, like you're saying. And then on the other side of it, it, it goes back to what Ryan, you and Nick were talking about with those fines. You know, when the average person is making, you know, say $45,000 a year, and they're going to fine you $22,000 for being outside in public without a mask on. Like, I mean, it just doesn't make any sense. You know, they, they have all the power. They make the rules. And if they just even accuse you of it, how do you defend yourself, right? Because like you guys were saying that they can fine you 20, you know, however much for knowingly going out while being sick, you know? Well, that wasn't even the worst one. That, that the, the, the biggest fine was 454,000. <laughs> well, just make it a million. <laughs> yeah, I mean, yeah. so why don't like, you just make it a gazillion while you're at it? You yeah, know? you sue oh, me mean. for that. I'm just, I'm like, fuck it. I can't pay it. Just yeah, do what you not. want. Of course not. No, but aren't there 20,000, 30,000 people in the streets too? So it's like, oh, you're going to write me a ticket, but there's 20,000 people in the street without a mask on. Good luck, just, right? Those just things. think about what a great boost to the economy that would be, though, if everyone actually got fined and then paid up. I mean, you that's guys might be living in a utopia to... on that kind of budget. It's a that's, unique way that's to very Keynesian. Yeah, yeah, that's a very Keynesian way of looking at economics. Like, yeah, if everybody seriously. just paid that $20,000 bill, 
think of all the economic growth. <laughs> let's go break some windows, boys. Come on, let's go. Yeah, yeah come on. Crazy. <laughs> that's well, and that's the thing, right? Like the the might makes right thing has just turned to economic right might. You know, it's it's whoever controls the money and the narrative. Yep. It's not necessarily the strongest person, but who I mean ironically whoever controls the money and the narrative can also be the strongest if they need to well because they have the most tools right they have the most access to to weapons but yeah i see and it's also nowadays who yells the loudest almost right because you get these well culturally yeah exactly they just scream and yell and throw a fit like i mean you look at last time I would put a twist on that. It's not who yells the loudest is who's got the most powerful megaphone in the form of some kind of, you know, media that's backing them and amplifying them yelling into the streets. Yeah. Like last summer. I mean, last summer we're peaceful protests, my ass, you know, I mean, come on guys. This is where you're saying it's a peaceful protest while there's a, 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 you know, a, a, napa auto parts on fire behind you Get well, the, like even like nick was saying in australia where they'll cover the news and say you know 80 people or 800 people showed up when it's you know five digits of people but that kind of proves that even if you've got these massive numbers and they're all screaming in the streets it's only going to go so far if people are not leaving their house and they're just watching the news and they're not going to know that that many people were out there and they might not even believe it even if it were true it goes back to the, you know, if a tree falls in the woods and nobody hears it, did it, you know, did it make a noise? <laughs> you know, uh, that's basically where we are. So you have to, and that's why you have to be, find a creative way to get your voice out and get it some steam publicly, right? And that's the tough part because it's easy to, to, to get people and gather people and get them out there. It's harder to get that recognized out to the public nowadays because the media is so controlled. But everybody knows they're lying. You know what I'm saying? And so what really makes a change is the shift in people's consciousness. And you can only lie to people for so long before they start figuring out that they're being lied to. There is an end. You know what I'm saying? Like the the same thing happened. There's a documentary hypernormalization about kind of what happened in Russia and the media there. And basically there just becomes this disconnect that's just so absurdly ridiculous between what the media says and what reality is that nobody at all pays attention to that anymore. So yeah, definitely like finding ways to connect with people and to help to shift that consciousness because that attention, believing that they have the power or whatever, that's buying into a lie. I don't believe that for a second. They, whoever they are, we don't even know, right? Uh, They don't have any power that they are not given. I mean, of course, you know, that takes people shifting away from and just saying, you know what, I'm not going to fucking pay your $455,000 ticket or whatever the hell it is, go fuck yourself. You know, it's, I mean, and it doesn't even have to be aggressive, right? It actually shouldn't be because <laughs> attention goes, energy flows. So if we do fight against something, I believe we're actually uh, emphasizing it. We're val- val- validating it in real life by fighting against it. And instead of doing that, you take your attention, you take your energy and you just create something new. You just do something different. You just, if, if everybody drops their book at 12 PM in the cl- classroom, you know, in homeroom or whatever it is. <laughs> if there's, there's no teachers around, is there anyone there to hear it? <laughs> yeah, but, I mean, but it, but there's still a vibration. Whether there's anybody there to hear it or not is, is irrelevant. It's still, it, if there's 20,000 people there and people don't believe it, there was still 20,000 people there. That energy does not go away. It right. It, it doesn't just disappear now. 
it's real and energy is real. And we need to use that where attention goes, energy flows to our advantage. I think that's my pitch. Yeah. Well, uh, clearly that. Oh, go ahead, dude. Oh, sorry, man. Uh, no, go for it. Yeah. I think uh, a lot of it is energy and it, you know, I say that we are as free as we act. And as long as we just quit engaging in this bullshit, it'll stop, you know? And, and so we, we do have to kind of, you know, keep speaking our grounds and waking people up. But at a point, you, you have to take action, right? You just have to change your actions. I'm trying to remove myself from the society. Like, I'm done. I'm out. <laughs> I'm cashing in my chips and I'm leaving because this shit's fucked. Yeah. Yeah, dude. I mean, you know, clearly energy is very real. But, you know, for some reason, a lot of people don't acknowledge it. And there's one thing that's like extremely tangible, which I agree with you, Bootsy. I think that that energy is 100% real. I think that we can abs- like. I would I would say that all of us here, you know, talking tonight and probably, you know, 99 percent of the people listening would would acknowledge energy as a real thing. But something that is very real are those fines. And I'm curious if Nick knows anyone that has actually been fined or has heard of anyone that's been fined, like from a firsthand account, because I know for a fact that these vaccine mandates here with with jobs, you know, if you're not going to get the vaccine or the shot, you're going to get fired. Right. But then it seems like they keep pushing that down the road. I mean, this was a threat to me personally at my place of employment and at a lot of other people. I've heard the same things. But now this Biden uh, mandate is banned in all 50 states. So, I mean, it, it, here in the U.S., but I'm curious that. if there has been anyone that you've seen, Nick, that's suffered the fines. I've seen I've seen reports of it. I don't know anyone firsthand. Um, my friend from Victoria may have told me at some point. I've just got like a bunch of stuff that he sent me here in a telegram, okay. but I don't see him saying that he, that he has been fined. Um, but yeah, I saw reports of it on Twitter and Facebook and stuff. Um, but who knows, like if they're like legitimate. Um, but we do have a thing over here that where they could where they can force people to pay those fines. We have a thing called SPUR, which is the State Penalties Enforcement Registry. And basically it's a payment plan for your fines. <laughs> so, so they will just start garnishing your pay. With interest rates? Yeah. yeah. Uh, there is admin yeah. fees. There is admin fees. <laughs> yeah, of course. So that, of course. And, and they, they build up and stuff. So, I, I yeah, was wondering they, um, when you were mentioning if you knew anyone, if, if there's going to be any correlation to this and like the RIAA lawsuits of like the, the early 2000s, late 90s where <laughs> the recording companies, but they would specifically go after like old people or young children or, or people that would be very flustered with getting this massive bill in the mail with all kinds of official wording. So it, it's almost like preying on the weaker, preying on the, the people that would be so terrified they wouldn't even think about fighting back. We're talking uh, LimeWire. Those people set the Napster. Napster and yeah, LimeWire. Yeah, exactly. Dude. Napster and DC++ and Kazan, all of them. But I, I remember that the RAA was making these examples out of, you know, and if, if they're going to sue grandma for $700,000 for, you know, downloading, um, you know, like the, the Titanic soundtrack, then, man, I definitely don't want to mess with them. And there might be some kind of element at play like that here, too, you know. It's funny you mentioned that, too, because now thinking back, I don't know anyone that ever got fined from that. But I know, you know, and I, I got warned so many times. Yeah. Uh, yeah but I, I wonder if that was kind of a scam, too, that they were just warning you and you could really just go gung ho and download anything. And there were really no fines, because that's what I was going to ask you, too, Nick. 
before you brought up the spur was how legitimate would these fines be in court? Because one of the things I've, I've heard a lot in the United States is anyone that got any sort of uh, mask violation or any sort of uh, back when they had quarantine and lockdowns, any sort of tickets associated with that were essentially thrown out in court um, as illegitimate. And, and most of them never even went to court. It was just more a written, you know, slap on the wrist kind of thing. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't, I, I don't know anyone personally that's taken them to court, but I do believe, uh, just knowing like my basic knowledge of our laws, I think you would have a pretty good chance at taking them to court as long as you, as long as you weren't doing something sort of, I guess, crazy by their standards, like, yeah, like rioting like, or something like yeah. that in the streets. Yeah. Yeah, if you were exercising and, and you had some heavy-handed cops trying to abuse their power and you got a massive fine or something, I could see you taking that to court and winning that pretty easily. Um, I just did ask my friend and he said he got fined 1650 and got arrested for going to a protest. So oh, it wasn't wow. a, wasn't one of the 20,000 20, ones. Mm. But it was now, a, yeah, now, would they find him at the protest or are they doing kind of what they did on, on January 6th here, which is use cell phone tracking and all other sorts of uh, um as far as i know they have been that like uh going over videos and and finding people like that but there are also arrests made which so they would just arrest you and and you would receive a fine once you, your details are processed as well there was a lot of talk when the first main melbourne protests were happening um i did see some evidence scattered on twitter and stuff different things it looked like they were using cell uh jamming technology and they were blocking out coverage, um, cell coverage of the whole city of Melbourne. And people had uh, graphics from different telecommunication sites and stuff to back this up. Um, this was going while the uh, Victorian police called a their Melbourne city a no-fly zone, which means no media helicopters could go over. Um, and the media ended up suing the Melbourne police and won so that they could fly over. So this was a few months ago, um, but yeah, this just was just some um, really shifty stuff that I've never seen happen in Australia before. It was like there was evidence of cell jamming. They told media they couldn't fly over. Um, Do you know what yeah, the justification was, was for telling the media not to fly over? Some kind of safety thing, or I think it was. They I think the justification was so that the media wouldn't give away their tactical because they had riot police out and the army out and all this stuff. So they were trying to say, "Oh, you're going to give away our tactical positions, so that the protesters don't know where we are, or or something like that." I think that was the, their line. <laughs> They're of, planning on like yeah. a protester counterattack or something, or what? Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what they were doing, man. Yeah, yeah, they were rolling up in in like crazy vehicles, dudes jumping out with like mad paintball guns and shit, like. It was it was wild. Um, some people did fight back though. They started smashing up a bunch of cop cars, and which you know it's it's it got pretty wild. But um, yeah, it's this was I think this was about two months ago, and it was the initial protests, and it was almost like a week long thing. It started on like I think a Monday, and it it just kept building every day, every day, and each day the cops brought out more firepower and and yeah i think on like the fifth or sixth day that's when people were like they're jamming cell phones that it's a no-fly zone like it got pretty wild down there they Sounds were doing like that a with, honey trap 
yeah, they were doing that with BLM too. Back when they were protesting early on, they were pulling up in unmarked vans and throwing these kids in the vans. You know what I mean? It's clearly just a plan that's going on wherever the shit's hitting the fan. I haven't spoken with anyone from France, and I'm I'm curious to know what's going on there because that's a weird little area too. For that's all been stuff. going on for like two years. That was going on pre-COVID. Yeah, the Yellow Jackets, right? Yeah. yeah, there's them. There's Hong Kong, which good luck trying to talk with someone in Hong Kong. I'm sure that that's really difficult to to get someone on. But then there's uh, was it Brazil? What, what was the South American country that was rioting before the uh, before the shit hit the fan here? I think Do you remember? Either Brazil. I think or it was in Brazil. Okay. No one said we'd be doing geopolitics trivia tonight. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I didn't study. <laughs> at well, all. You, you know those. It was nine million protesters in Hong Kong. Like they just vanished. Yeah, just yeah. They just I was gonna stopped say protesting the one shut day. That down real yeah, that's hard. A, that's a honey trap. I mean, they got yeah. It's it's like I said, you know, if you fight against something, you're endorsing it. So I I, I gotta say, like this is my two cents, and maybe this is uh, uh, maybe I'm wrong about this, but my opinion, I think protesting is a terrible idea. You know, like um that it seems to just be uh one way to just fuel the fire you know it's just taking you know and mixing all this polarity and division and just like making it it's like you said that five days and it just escalates and escalates and escalates it's a honey trap and you know instead of like legitimizing this stuff by fighting against it and being a hero and getting a thousand dollar fine or whatever or your face kicked in you know, is there not a better way? Is there not a better way to use attention? I think we need to be strategic and think about it. Like a lot of people in my sort of world, right? Like a manifestation, you create your own reality. But is that not what the media is doing right now? Yeah. Yep. It's a spell. Yeah, it's magic. Yeah. It's, Without a doubt. <laughs> that's and, why they're doing all of this is to focus all the energy in one place. Yeah. So it so it does manifest this reality. The more people that think of this direction, you know, the harder it is to break this narrative. But I think it's falling apart and they're just grasping at straws to keep that shit together. I mean, look at them. They're they're panicking. I'll, you know, I'll be I, the I cynic here. And it's almost that, over. I think they might be holding it together better than ever in a way. Just I'm because, with you because because I think it's like a. Uh, you know, the, the protests, it's it's an easy way for people to just kind of get their grievances out and then go the fuck back home and watch TV again. And, you know, the, if you look at media companies, it's almost like media is becoming this country's best export out of any other export we've got, you know, the winning the cultural in, in the civ. And that the, uh, at the same time, though, it's like we have we are exerting so much influence over just our media output, but the media starts with a completely fabricated story they'll they'll show you what a relationship looks like in terms of hollywood and project that in so many different flavors and shows that that de facto becomes you know what a relationship looks like to everyone because it's their main focus point it's it's your one reference point you're growing up and if tv's your you know your teacher every sort of like love triangle drama that you watch on every single show that becomes your frame of reference and then that kind of just inherently becomes your reality. And you do that for enough generations. I mean, the media literally, you know, created our reality in that regard. Yeah. Dude, I, I wanted to work this in at some point, and I'm glad that you brought that up, that that you feel that they're holding this together a lot better than they're than they're than they're making it seem. Because, you know, uh, Bootsy, you're saying that that the media is creating its own narrative. Right. Mm -hmm. sure. But 
it seems like they're also doing this kind of stuff. They're saying that they're, they're posting Joe Biden's horrible numbers and Kamala Harris's are even worse than that. So I find it fascinating. This is a really interesting concept to me that they're saying that the Democrats are falling. They're really, really messing things up right now. And the Republicans are uniting. Right. And I obviously like a lot of us maybe not consider ourselves one or the other, but for right now, I would assume that if you're going to go out and vote and you want to be free minded, you're going to vote for Republicans because they're not the ones that are unilaterally like endorsing mask mandates and vaccine mandates and all these things. But I think that the the Republican Party is really the, the party that is being broken up secretly uh, kind of behind the scenes, because I, I do believe that Tulsi Gabbard will possibly run as an independent and she'll split the Republican vote. You got Trump that came in, you know, and and what he did was really so distrust for freedom minded individuals. So distrust in the system, in the incumbents and the people that have been in Washington forever. And so we want to get all these people out. We're going to vote for new people in right half the half of the people that want freedom are going to vote for new people. And half the people that that, you know, support freedom are going to vote for like the Ted Cruz's. And the Dan Crenshaw's and I'm I don't mean to just list Texas politicians, but it's like it's you know, you see a pattern here. But it's very clear to me that when you have char- characters like Steve Bannon, um, who I, I don't know what that dude is, he doesn't seem good to me, though. You know, I used to think he was very interesting. I used to like a lot of his stuff, but he is. A, I think he's a snake. Vernon Jones, I just heard, broke up a marriage because he didn't fuck the woman. He fucked the husband <laughs> in that whole thing. You know, so he he broke. I just want to say, I think I know who Steve Bannon is. He's basically the Aleister Crowley of modern media. He's fat. He's the Aleister Crowley of politics. That's a great way. That's a fucking comic book for you right there, dude, because that is something very interesting that he's doing. He's all into he's all into chaos magic. He was the one that I heard the idea of the gold age is the age of the priest. The silver age is the age of the military. The, The bronze or the copper age is the age of the merchant. And then you have the Dark Ages, which is the age of the slave. So, you know, very Wheel of Fortune, occult philosophy. He's fascinating. He's a fascinating dude. But you have so many characters like this. Um, I'm curious what you guys think about that theory about Tulsi Gabbard. And then I also have something that I wanted to bring up about this whole abortion thing. Matt and I talked about this a little bit over text. Um, But yeah, dude, I I don't know if you think that that, that the two party system's done or if you think that this may be. Well, uh, you know, just smoke and mirrors. You have to you have to assume that the two party system really exists. Right. And that sure. they are two separate parties. <laughs> but, you know, nowadays they're all corporate owned entities. So well, it's a uniparty. Yeah. And, and it's funny you say that because I'm in Massachusetts and my governor is, is Charlie Baker, who is a rhino. And he has acted like like Cuomo, basically this entire pandemic. And it, I, I was shocked to hear that he's not rerunning in 2022, which, you know, as soon as you said that whole thing about breaking up the Republican Party, I'm like, yeah, I'm like that. I can totally see that now because it seems like they're they're doing something. There's some play going on where they are setting up this next wave of whatever their their government or plan is, like you said, the uniparty, so to speak. Um, and I could I could totally see that happening 
And what about Tulsi Gabbard stepping in and and or someone like that? You know, someone that that was Democrat because you see that with not see, only her but, but I, I Vernon don't Jones. See, yeah, I don't see anyone that's charismatic enough to capture that many people. Tulsi's you know, doing a good job, dude. She's on I, Rogan. Uh, she's. she's I, I think a lot of that time, though, when you when you've got that kind of um, split option, it's usually just them building political capital to then turn back into whoever the highest bidder is between you know the two main parties. At the end of the day, I, I just want to I want to point yeah, out too here. I don't per- personally. I don't think that there's anything that's going to happen to the two party system because it's just been so carefully crafted and emphasized and nurtured. Um, by the media and just by society in general that you'd be crazy to to turn away from the heavyweight fight and want to go and watch a boxing match with like three dudes going at it it's you went from you know a a heavyweight title bout to like wwf um like people it's a lot easier to focus on you know good guy versus bad guy a versus b than adding you know three or four into the mix there's just there's not a lot of benefit except for the people, but there's no benefit for the media because now they've got people that are more confused and they got to do more coverage and they got to do more, you know, actual reporting. If, if there's more things to cover versus, Hey, do you like Coke or Pepsi? Yeah. And you just kind of, you know, slug it out over those two options. That's, it's just so much easier for everyone that's in that system and covering that system. Yeah. What were we going to say? It, go- it goes back to what Bootsy was saying before. It's about energy, right? If you have two parties, you have two poles. On two opposite ends, and they it's, charge. It's yeah. Exactly, they you need, and that's why you rarely find threes, right, and things like that, because they need that duality. They need that charge in there. They need, you know, they need a, a, a polarized sides. They can't have the triangle. It's, it's not. That's a great because a triangle would would sort of imply some type of balance as opposed to this duality that's always ebbing and flowing from, you know, one pole to the other. Exactly, because that's all it is, right? It just bounces back and forth. It ebbs and it flows. It's on it's on the pendulum. It just sways back and forth. Are there whereas... are there any um silent weapons for quiet wars uh fans here? Um because yeah. because there's a whole section about how they they take this you know idea of of current and currency and electricity and apply it to you know social currency to financial currency as jordan maxwell would say it's the currency you know he always plays the little word games um but i mean there's there's definitely an entire sect of people with plenty of power that firmly believe that you know financial um power or just kind of societal capital that is their current that's their electricity they can kind of send through the system and they can overload that circuit over there if they want to or if they can hold back and let that circuit over there die a little bit and drain out i mean once you kind of control the flow of that energy you don't necessarily need to like own the energy you can control the flow of it that's it right yeah. there yeah there's yeah. not like some monty burns like me yeah right <laughs> you know it's like no they figured out how to push momentum and so if you look at somebody like trump which is such a, like a controversial figure you you mm-hmm. see the, the, the how this could work if everyone would have just laughed trump off in 2016 and been like fucking this guy is fucking nuts i mean the fucking host of a show this guy who does he think he is he would have never been validated as a candidate but everyone hated him so much they got so fucking mad and heated they actually validated this guy and he used negative energy to his own advantage right you're seeing this pendulum swing back and forth and that's why there's no such thing as bad press so whatever the worst thing you guys can think about me type it up when you post this episode (laughs) 
get some traffic my way. You know what I'm saying? I got a new coaching program I'm launching. You know what I mean? Uh, Gary V too, dude. Uh, yeah, it, yeah it, it is crazy that that this dude that Trump comes up and now a lot of people really hate him. I'm interested to see what the next play is for him. And to be clear, I was kind of trying to get at the the idea that I do think that the two party system is here to stay, but they're trying to really paint the picture that it's dead. You know what That's I mean? Smart. The, That's good drama. It's of course it is. It's, it's marketing good, like, 101. wrestling, you know, like, oh, my God, Mr. T is never coming back to the ring. You <laughs> yeah. know, That's big deal. It's, the, it's the freaking uh, the Globetrotters, that whole yeah. whole idea where, you know, they're 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 always out there and they're always going to win. It's it's ridiculous. But, yeah, man, I think that there is something to be said about the optics for sure, because there's something there where. I like that sleight of hand analogy. I, I a lot of the stuff that I'm talking about here was in the last episode that I just did, but it's very, very manipulative. You're you're looking at one thing and it's the exact opposite. So that's why the COVID stuff is so fascinating to me, like the marketing behind COVID. Um, but yeah, dude, there, there's a lot there. Matt, do you want to bring up that thing that that we were talking about over text about the abortion and the vaccines and all that stuff? Well, yeah, I mean, that's getting into to bodily autonomy, right? Yeah. Uh, and and between the edicts, mandates, whatever you want to call them for vaccines and the possible um, abortion reversal in, in Roe versus Wade, it, it seems like they're trying to eliminate any chance of bodily autonomy. Um, and then you throw in. Ryan, what you guys were talking, I think you guys were talking about it with the with the shot with how it, it changes your DNA, right? And and if it changes your DNA, there's a patent out there by the courts to own th the manipulated DNA. So then you are definitely no longer a person and then you are you can become patented and you can become owned. And I think this yeah. all is is going towards that um technocratic you know the, the oh, next yeah. evolution where you know and, and i sent it around before i don't know if everybody saw it but there was this crazy robot that had consciousness that they showed called a mecca and you watch this thing wake up and it like looks at its own hand and it's kind of amazed and you know we're getting into that technocratic age where they want to basically a connect us with technology and b replace us with technology the singularity um, yeah for sure. yeah and that, you know there's a there's a lot of people that say that anything they're showing us they're at least 40 or 50 years more advanced than what they're showing us i think they're beyond like ex machina ai already um you know i think you know when you when you look at old pictures of certain certain people in power they don't look like the current version. And it's like, what is that? What is that? Because that's not the same. You look at old pictures of Joe Biden, old pictures of Bill Gates, old pictures of Jeff Bezos, Elon Musk. They don't look like the like just an older version of the ones we see today. We're not going to investigate earlobes, are we? <laughs> <laughs> uh, did y'all see the video of uh, like, uh, what's her name? Meghan Markle or whatever where she's at some something and the video goes on her and she's just super robotic in her movements and her eyes are just kind of wide oh, yeah, yeah. and she's just like plain faced and she just looks like a robot just like 
Yeah, I think they're at like a polo match or something. Yeah, Yeah, it was sketchy. I mean, if you've been through Hollywood, though, it's probably way cheaper to just kind of, you know, MK Ultra brainwash you than invest in all this technology and make a robot version. Oh, without a doubt. Especially with those masks. You know, those those crazy suits they have now, the rubber suits that they can just throw on and they look like a totally, you know, you can have a guy that has huge tits like nothing's off the board now. Well, what if if AI is just controlled humans where it's just like the graphene and whatever that that are injected into these people and they just get controlled like robots? Well, that's that's the point. right? And that's why they want to go to this autonomous robot based technology based because metaverse controllable i mean until we get to that horror story where the robots learn to learn i mean we're hearing robots can reproduce now so we're already screwed if they can reproduce you know when uh, when do the robots outsmart the humans you know that's that old you know sci-fi horror story oh never watching uh I was watching something, maybe it was like ancient aliens or something. It was like, you know, the only way a species could ever survive would be to find a way to turn itself into a a self-replicating robot. But that's also propaganda of the state coming from ancient aliens. I I have a theory (laughs) that we are already that thing. We're already the self-replicating robots. Did you see that they, they, uh, there was a thing recently, the self-replicating robots that they... So they, yeah, they can reproduce and shit. Yeah. How do they do? Yeah. What do they? How do they do it? I have no idea. This could yeah. be more propaganda, but it seems it doesn't seem out of the question. You know what I mean? Now, I just want to see the porn. I just want to see how they do it. You know what I mean? Oh, how you they got, fuck? You yeah. got to see this. How do they this? reproduce? I, I was watching. Uh, Jason Burmis was doing an interview with Pat Militich, and he was showing this stuff. It's um, like paper thin but it's muscle and they use it for robots and it can it it has the ability right now supposedly to uh its strength is 200 times uh of its host so what they're saying is and 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 this stuff can is supposedly able to self-repair so these not only will these robots they will have you know essentially human muscles on a on a much magnified scale yeah. uh, um which is scary as hell when you think about it because then you're you're not just taught and you see how far they've come in the years that they've been public with us you went from that dog that was stumbling around and you know you could basically breathe on it too hard and it fell over to one now that's jumping over fences climbing walls and doing all sorts of crazy shit what do you think about like the the primitive technology of this being introduced to the, like the consumer world with like Furbies and like those iRobot dogs and shit? Yeah, you know what I mean. I mean that's something that's a that's a really like primitive way to test how consumers interact with robots. And well, I remember when Roombas. my sister was a kid, they had like Tamaguchis and all these yeah. things where you were keeping things alive on your watch well, and yeah. yeah. Well, the indoctrination is thick. If you go look at iRobot or even like. Uh, short circuit you know there's been these robots <laughs> you, leave, with you leave humans. johnny five out of this <laughs> yeah that's right <laughs> these robots living with I'm human triggered. movies all through that i mean you've got even partial human robot hybrids with like elysium where yeah. he straps like a robot you know exoskeleton to himself and, i pitched there's, uh, there's almost like a two-pronged approach to this because on one hand you've got 
the normalization and kind of getting society prepared for, you know, these robot overlords that are about to come. They'll start out as your maid, but you'll become <laughs> theirs. But I think there's also a weird dynamic of play. Like you mentioned Furbies and um, kind of like consumer robots. Uh, I mean, one argument is that there's, there's just so much money and the cost would be so high to actually have a, a cool robot that does anything. But mm-hmm. there might be another aspect of it where they're saying like, hey, here's as far as we've got, you know, this Furby and this crappy little um, dog robot toy so that consumers are like, you know, th- this isn't too far out of control yet. We can handle, you know, these crappy dogs that don't even know how to turn themselves over. Uh, meanwhile, yeah. like you were saying before, you know, the actual industry might be 40, 50 years ahead of what they're going to allow out into the consumer market. So it, it, there's almost like a, Hey, here's these cool sci-fi things that are really exciting that won't scare you because they're not in real life, but they might actually exist in real life. They're just showing you the Furbies and the easily broken electronics to kind of lower your guard. Well, that's Mm. why they tell us in the movies, right? They'll show us first in movies and make you think, Oh, that's just from a movie. And then yep. they'll start slowly introducing it into society. And then you're like, wait a second. I thought this was only possible in a movie. Yeah, dude, it's it's fascinating to me. And that that uh, DNA modification you were talking about, Matt, earlier, that's uh, it's called cDNA. That's the patent on it. Um, I, I'm not exactly sure what the C stands for. I was listening to clips from this uh, Ariana, Dr. Ariana Love, and she was talking about how these shots have um like freaking nano razor blades in them that cut up your red blood cells. Um, they also go into your your cells and they make it so that they don't have the ability to do that repairing that that we're talking about with like the AI robots, how they can repair. Like, you know, when you get a cut and your body heals itself, that's a form of regeneration, but it takes a lot of time. And what the robots are going to be able to do in theory here is very quickly, instantly, right? Like you, you hit it, it heals right away. Um, but they're they're simultaneously working on that technology while trying to make he- the the miracle that is the human body or any kind of you know real life form, whether it's a fucking rat or a, a human being. Um, our bodies are incredibly, incredibly complex, and they're trying to dumb that down. They're trying to make it so that we can't heal. They're trying to make it so our immune systems just don't work. And I would recommend anyone that's interested in this kind of stuff, just looking up this Dr. Ariana Love and um, fascinating, fascinating stuff that she brings forward. And she's done tons of research and um, she's on the Stu Peters podcast, which is a podcast I just kind of really started listening to. Um, Not all truth on there. There's some bullshit for sure. But uh, he's got some great guests on there. But just it's crazy what they're doing. And last thought here fucking anthony fauci owns that patent for the uh for the the c dna <laughs> of course, course he, does. he does yeah yeah <laughs> yeah i can try and find does. this clip while you guys are talking i can try and find the clip of ariana love talking about this and it is it is fascinating it's it's probably two minutes long if, if we want to listen to what it, you're saying too right i wish i can remember this movie it's like an old old movie i want to say for like 40s or maybe 30s but they were mentioning how you know um we could potentially send a man to the moon but nobody on this planet knows how to to repair a broken egg and that the two you know the the ends of the spectrum on that are, are so kind of grand but at the same time it, it it's very humbling you know like we can't fix a broken egg you know any kind of organic matter that becomes destroyed in some way 
Um, I don't think anyone's found a technology to kind of repair something that's been, you know, completely broken, whereas, quote unquote, we've been to the moon and back. So there's there's definitely a, a wide gap in either focus or just what we're capable of. Focus. You think it's just focus? Intentionally. Yeah. Th- this has all been this has all been on purpose. Everything we're living in has been a well laid out plan. You think it's happened before, possibly, or maybe even several times? Dozens of dozens and dozens. Multiple, multiple times. Possibly hundreds and thousands of times. Yeah, I agree. Just on this loop. Yeah. So, what do you think the sort of upender is? Does it ultimately like these motherfuckers are trying to get control and then they can't because you just can't fucking conquer God? And then they lose at the end. They try it again. Well, well, you don't have to be God. Again, it's the wheel of fortune. All you got to do is be where the spokes are at, turning the spokes I, yeah, and staying I, away from the extremes. I don't I don't think it really matters who's controlling what and why or the why of it. But when the tyrannical system gets too tyrannical, there will inevitably be a pushback. Like, I think that's what happens every single time is that it gets to a point to where the tyrants are trying so hard to keep control that they lose it because yeah. they push too hard. Mm-hmm. And then it, and then there's a big revolution and the last remaining tyrants say, all right, time for a reset. Yeah. And they <laughs> reset shit. Well, yeah. And-, and one of the things that I heard, Bob, that you know I found fascinating, and I can't remember where I heard it because uh, I would love to give them credit for it. But one of the things they were saying is, you know, the earth is, it has to be in balance. So if, if humanity and the energy associated with humanity gets too out of balance, nature will correct it, whether it's by natural disaster, whether it's however it has to do it, that this realm that we're on, whether it's a planet, a plane, a, 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 a donut, whatever you want to call it, it, it self heals. It's like and, almost like a Gaia Earth theory. And, yeah, and self regulates, right. right? So if yeah. if you get if things get too out of whack, and and you get these parasites that are way too out of control, and they're on the verge of really doing damage to it, it says, "Okay, I'm I'm gonna take care of myself." And all of a sudden, now you end up with it's the, t- time for the planet to get a yeah. fever and burn off. Yeah, all the you know, you get an earthquake, I mean, or you get a flood, or you know, right. you get something that balances it out a, a pandemic anything and i, I and really they, the more i start to look into things it, it's it's a fascinating perspective uh and and, and approach to it and they, they tell us that they yeah. tell us that all the time with stuff like star wars and yin and yang that there is a balance there mm-hmm. has to be a balance yeah um and it the question is is how long does it have to be out of balance before it gets yanked back into balance yeah like what is that time period because that could suck for a real long time yeah and and like i was saying i think it's when you get when it gets on the verge of really doing damage right they'll let you linger out there and they'll let it get pretty bad but once you're going to do real significant impact it's going to step in and say okay now you cross the line I, i think we're real close to that point Oh, I, I do too. I mean, like real, you, cl- like I in mean, our lifetime. Just compare it- this. Compare now to twenty years. I mean, twenty is bad. Say twenty-five years ago, right? Because twenty is nine eleven ish, and that's kind of weird. Dude, the nineties. Go, <laughs> go back to the mid nineties, <laughs> and 90s I mean, life was totally different. And that's that's not even a generation ago. 
No, so that was the age of the uh, the assault weapon ban <laughs> that actually yeah. did exist. The school the shootings and cheap yeah. psychedelics. Yeah, you know, there was a <laughs> lot of stuff was. going. There was so much shit going on that that we just didn't know about because social media has made this kind of stuff blow up. I mean, I just found out recently yeah. about uh, Anthony Fauci's experiments with AIDS on foster kids. I mean, that was going on back then, and we didn't know mm-hmm. about it until 2005. I mean, there there's been tons the of homosexuals did. Yeah, well, of course they did. And and that was something that came out a little before. I mean, this was something that came out probably in the 90s. But the foster kids, I mean, think about how tragic that is with these fucking foster kids, dude, getting messed with be, you know, just because no one cares about them. You know what I mean? It's sad. What's that? Oh, the uh, guinea pig kids. Yeah, dude. Yeah, they're they're yeah. less dead, as they call it. Like well, they're, if, the, if they Ryan, die, they're no basically cares. the modern orphan train kids. If you think about it, they yeah. they're they're just at the mercy or behest of the government. They're they're being used as pawns in the game. They they don't really exist as people. Yeah, yeah. Well, and it's weird that Fauci seems to have a hand in all of these really fucked up experiments going back at least forty years. You know what I mean? Like if you really look into it, and we're still trusting this dude in the NIH. Uh, it's but that's, it that's, blows my mind. You know, my, my thing with Fauci is I, I yeah, I think he's an asshole and I would love to see him get locked up. But at the same time, he's a puppet. Right. So who is who is commanding? Who has been commanding him to do all this stuff for the last? Well, he, he's a puppet, but he gets to have his own little fun. I, I yeah. tend to think of Fauci as like the uh, microbiologist version of uh Dr. Jolly West. Well, he's Bill Nye. You know? Jolly West, dude. I have not like, heard that name in a so minute. To me, Fauci is is like, you know, the, the Jolly West of vaccines and kind of biological warfare in a way where Jolly West was, you know, um, psychological warfare. Yeah, dude. Jolly West comes out after the fucking Oklahoma City bombing, says it's the official narrative. Didn't he yeah, come Jolly out West like- was involved with interviewing... Um, uh, Jack Ruby after the JFK assassination yeah, as well. Dude, they, I talked about him. Pops up. He's like he's like the uh, the secret character that like always pops up at the end of the level. Well, he, he's he's yeah he's that guy that does all the uh, what are they the coroner that did the, the autopsy. Everyone from Martin Luther King. That's what I was yeah, thinking. That's too. another really good example. Yeah, yeah. George Floyd. Yeah, Baden. That's it. Yeah, he's that dude, everybody that, from MLK to George Floyd. Now, yeah, like come and on. fucking JFK. Yeah, I I talked with uh with that guy the uh the the uh what was he doing? He was messing with uh he was hunting down doctors that were murderers. Yeah, he was killers. taught yeah. by Baden. Yeah, dude, medical serial killers. It's fascinating that like what is this? Was this like a movie or a podcast or what? Oh, it was an episode that I did. I talked with a with a doctor that uh, I, I can find what episode it was. But yeah, I, he he uh, talked with medical serial killers and he actually hunted them down and arrested them. Wasn't um, he a private investigator, shit. Ryan? <laughs> no, he wasn't a private investigator. He worked for the DOD initially. Oh, okay. And then he he went over and started uh, working hmm. with the Veterans Hospital and just started finding and all the people that these doctors were killing were working at the Veterans Hospitals. It was fucked up. But um, I did find this clip. We can play it if you want. We can wait, though. Um, the lady talks about how Ebola is in the vaccine, uh, talks about Fauci owning the the patents to the, the modified DNA and shit like this. This is that Ariana Love doctor shit, too. Very, very fucking weird. Pull that shit up, Jamie. Yeah. <laughs> we want to we want to listen to it now. Go for it. All right. 
Let me know if you guys can hear. Just give a thumbs up. We probably got to be quiet because it's just playing off my phone. It should work, though. Here we go. Using Ebola and Marburg. Um, basically, okay, there was a shocking discovery from the Stockholm University. They did a, um, a scientific study that revealed that the spike po proteins, they're penetrating the cells of the vax, reaching the cell nuclei, and uh, disabling the uh, cell's ability to repair DNA. And this is, this is huge. Um, this is by no accident, though. These COVID vaccines are deleting genes responsible for DNA repair forever in humans. The, um, the U.S. patent 201-400-17278 is the adenovirus 26 and 35 filovirus. These vaccines code your cell with Ebola and Marburg spike proteins. This is in the J&J &J vax. So these vaccines are deleting the E1, E3, and E4 genes, in, and it's mentioned that's mentioned in the patents. So through my research, I found that, that the deletion of these genes induces AIDS. It causes blood coagulation, thrombosis, and clotting. So Johnson & jo Johnson is using the adenovirus 26 vector, which deletes the E1 gene in humans, also known as chromosome X. The E1 gene is required for the repair of damaged DNA. Without it, your cells will literally self-suicide, and that is AIDS. They are inducing AIDS. They're deleting the E1 gene, causing embryonic lethality. That means permanent sterility. It causes a lack of oxygen in the blood as well, which leads to rapid cancer growths. So we can expect that. Um, people who take this vaccine will have a lifelong, a, a, a life of chronic uh, illness and neurological dysfunction, chronic infections and disabilities and anything if, that has to do with the nervous system dysfunction. <laughs> if you guys want to comment on any of it too, like just jump Dude, that, in. You that know sounds I mean? like a typical pharmaceutical commercial in America. <laughs> right. Oh, no, I I've mean, that's the... nothing out of the ordinary for the side effects of like any Pfizer or Moderna product. When can they just blame all that on like a fibromyalgia style um, kind of disease and just prescribe, you know, Rockefeller doctorsing you all the way? Or it's they're, blame, they're blaming, dude. They're it's blaming climate change. <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, I'm I've screaming. Heard, I've heard that lady before and, and she's really good and she's spot on. I mean, it's it's a uh, they are making us sick. Like we have all of this shit that we, you know, there's more medicine. Americans are 5% of the world's population and we consume 65% of the pharmaceuticals. Like no. Americans are so sick. We're yeah. Like, like, like as a, as a society, we are unhealthy as fuck. Well, it's funny and you say that. Cause insane. I was, I was listening to John Fitch talk about that and he has a martial arts school or does martial arts training. And he had these Brazilian guys that came over for, straight from Brazil and they're living, you know, in a, right across the street from the gym or whatever. And they go to the grocery store and they came back and they go to him. No wonder why Americans are so fat. He goes, your grocery store is disgusting. He goes, 90% of it is just shit. He goes, the outside 10% is, is probably good. He goes, other than that, it's all, you know, uh, prepped food and processed food he goes it's all trash he goes it's, you guys are yeah. you're destined did he miss the part where it said enriched did you see that part or yeah. fat free <laughs> well they say you know you can you can live a healthier life just shopping in the outer ring of a grocery store yes yeah the avoid the in inside is poison is yeah. what they say yeah 
That's yeah, I mean, all the good shit. And that's intentionally done, right? They get you in the maze. Yeah. They get you in the labyrinth of the middle, and you're just winding up and down. And you you got to check out the different eyes. It's it's all psychological. And, and the, the, there's such cool, like, marketing psychology, too. But usually, yes. they'll pick out the, the core staples that everyone gets, and they'll strategically make sure that they're at opposite ends of the store. So you yeah. always have to traverse the yep. most, you know, cover the most area throughout the store and see the most ads throughout your journey. Um, so like they intentionally make sure that, you know, the eggs and the vegetables and the milk and the butter and all, you know, the meat and all the perishables are like not near each other, you know? Yeah. You got to hit the whole store to get all that. Yeah. <laughs> yep. Yeah. You've yep. got the produce in one area. So like, if you're going to have like your traditional, like protein, vegetable and starch dinner, I mean, you're going to at least two areas of the store for those things. Well, it's usually Ryan, it, like the typical layout, right? Is one one side wall is produce mm-hmm. on the opposite side of the store. Bakery is usually yeah, bakery or frozen. And then the back wall would be like your your poultry, your deli, your meat, you know, all that. So you have to hit that whole. It's all I, I did a whole thing on it back in college for site. It's a psychological operation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's all like. Uh, there's massive studies into this stuff oh because it's billion it's a billion dollar industry you know multi-billion dollar industry they they they, employ so many people to pull this shit off well and and the money goes for not just stores but just life in general like everything we do like this is really like old tv shows and everything do you guys remember hearing about how um certain stores would put like scales under tiles within the aisles and they could kind of gauge when someone would stand in one place for a certain amount of time and know that that was like a focal point and then i mean you could keep extrapolating it to now you know the average weight of a person that's interested in this particular product and start catering to things based on you know just what the data is telling you mm. i did not that's know that amazing yep. Yeah, I mean, it makes sense, though, dude. I mean, like when you have like fast food, uh, you know, the people that make the sauces and the recipes for fast food restaurants, they're not chefs. They're scientists that make these recipes. You know what I mean? They're sitting there and they're they're mixing up the barbecue sauce in a goddamn beaker. They're not doing it in a pan. You know what I mean? And they're making the, the exact recipe that is got some sort of like dopamine release or it's a, it's got some sort of addictive component to it. And even though I I can acknowledge that McDonald's food tastes like shit when I eat it, it gives you a little bit of a, like a kick. It makes you be like, oh, fuck, yeah. And then you crash hard. You feel right. like shit directly after kind of like alcohol, kind of like any other kind of drug. Yeah. yeah. And your ass is never the same. <laughs> your ass also, is never the same. Start looking at start looking at labels on your food. There's an insane amount of like phosphate, sulfates, aluminums. Oh yeah. In everything. In well, every try and try and find stuff now that doesn't have either high fructose corn syrup or um soy, any sort of soy product in it. Good luck. Because there that's what's in everything. And and the soy is what's turning the frogs gay. Yeah. And then <laughs> you know, so there it's an intentional. It's it's all and they're talking about, you know, I mean, they're going as crazy as I've seen reports of them throwing out the idea of uh putting vaccines in produce, you know, yeah. or vaccines in poultry. And so all you have to do to get your vaccine is just eat this, you know, head of cabbage. It's as like, long as it's that. buy one, get one, man. I might be <laughs> sold. How do we know they're not already doing shit like that? I mean, we know that they inject meats with all sorts of crazy shit. 
oh yeah there's there's already tons of stuff in in what we're eating like it's so hard to get completely away from this toxic life that's been set up around us it's really really difficult but look how resilient humanity is i mean every fucking weapon pointed at us from every direction and still making babies all the phthalates whatever well and that's what the the tyrants seem to neglect to remember every time they have to reset is the tenacity of humans Mm -hmm. i think it's an indomitable human spirit right like yeah i apologize for throwing the god bomb into the conversation you know i didn't mean to make any fun i can i can go that direction if it wants to go that direction yeah i I mean i don't want to just throw that throw that shit out there or whatever but i but i i do think there is there is a balance right and so there are these two forces one can't one can't get too far you know out of control even the light one which i know there's a lot of people that want that they're like i just want to hang out with my magical friends and have a picnic all day but you you know you can't have that either there's there has to be some sort of conflict between those two electricity like all these things that we see the reason why they exist is because of I don't know. I like the word conflict, I guess, or for a story purpose, it would be, uh, it would work, uh, you know, maybe not suffering, but conflict. I don't know. Well, it's a contrast. Contrast. Yes. That's much better. Yeah. I mean, it's, it is just a balance. I mean, that goes with everything. It's like, uh, um, everything in moderation, even moderation. Like, yeah. that's <laughs> well, and, and what it just shows you is how, resilient the human body is and how amazingly well architected it is i mean it's damn near a perfect creation you know that's why the battle is for our souls and that's yeah and that's what you know that's the thing that's really frustrated me and bothered me the most is how humanity has lost the self-power and they've been brainwashed into thinking they're this weak being that if someone sneezes on you you're gonna die I mean, what happened to the days of of parents getting their kids together for friggin' chicken pox parties? You know, I convenience. Mean, that's what, yeah, it's all been for convenience and lots of um, fear, lots of fear yeah, too. Yeah, I mean, there's a right, but we've set, of fear out there right now. It's, it's, it's more convenient to to pass over all this responsibility and everything to somebody else, and and just be like, you know what. I don't have to be a responsible adult. I can let government protect me. I can let government save for my retirement. I can let government do all of this. And then I am free of that burden. Now I can just do whatever and they can even raise my kids, you know, and it's, it's just, it's just passing it off for convenience. Well, it's rational too, or that's the argument that's thrown out with a lot of the sort of progressive, you know, type of thinkers that are friends of mine and stuff. It's like, well, you know, you gotta, ha- you know, you gotta organize stuff, but once again, you know, that path is this is like a like a social um, sort of evolution version of living paycheck to paycheck, I think, because like th- this sort of mentality, right, of like, oh, if I can just get through it or I'll just, you know, um, I'll let the government take care of me and let the next generation kind of figure it out. But man, right. I, it's such a foreign concept to me. But if you can think back how like an actual dynasty would work or like a Fabian society sort of organization where they sit back and they're like, Look, I want I want the world to be like this in 150, 200 years from now and know the pieces that they have to kind of move along the board to get that sort of an action. Whereas like the most I've ever planned ahead ever was maybe like a year or two and like a vacation I wanted to go on. Um, but I mean, th- there's literally companies and dynasties and <laughs> families that are literally sitting down and 
planning out their next 200 years. And I think a lot of that too is kind of what we're up against. Well, I think that's so interesting. And I would love to hear people's thoughts about that because I agree with you. Um, And it's like, but what do you have to gain other than just family privilege or name? If you're going to build something, a dynasty for a hundred years or 200 years, you don't really get to see the end game of it right like if you're like an old rockefeller man about to die i mean some some people think that you know they make their mark because they have their name on the you know some library at the college alma mater they were at and that's their big claim to fame or you know i i still hold the record for my football um you know most yards ran or something like that so i mean people are are very prone to be sold into having this like short-term you know, maybe, you know, maybe like 20 years after I'm dead, the people in that high school will still looking at my picture in the, the case. But this is so different than saying, you know, in 200 years from now, I want all my kids to be presidents, which, you know, it's a very attainable task if you've got that kind of foresight and resource. Well, and, and they play a status game, right? Like you were saying is, is they're thinking about okay even after i'm gone i want people to remember me and and they're just passing the buck along so to speak they're just keeping the family name going and keeping that ball rolling it's a well-oiled machine and they're, they're just there not to screw it up and right. it, there's yeah there's something about the bushes specifically that is that yeah, takes that to a separate level because well, it's, it's that crowley think... bloodline man what's that? <laughs> it's that it's that alistair crowley bloodline possibly through through barbara right mm-hmm. but i mean like you have you have um not only the involvement with the nazis but prescott bush doing his thing um you know very very interesting and then uh george hw bush not only did he say that he didn't know where he was when jfk was shot which no one alive at the time could say at that same time supposedly he called the fbi office in houston and he reported that he thought that he knew who shot jfk and it was his assistant it was his personal assistant that he tried to blame as a patsy for the the jfk murder and him and his wife intentionally wrote fake um like journal entries right to like make it seem like they were in, in a different part of the country at that exact moment yeah not even in that exact moment just throughout their entire lives they would they would go back and they would write things and to have the foresight when you're this connected and you're doing this kind of shit and he, you know, he was president when the BCCI scandal was getting, you know, kind of thrown around. And when that was really coming to a head, um, appointing people that, you know, to the CIA that would make it. So yeah, this isn't really going to go anywhere. No one's going to get arrested. Um, yeah, dude, the Bushes really took that whole thing to another fucking level, dude, for sure. Well, if you want to get into like their little nicknames for each other within skull and bones, there could be a whole other kind of magical occult, aspect to that too depending on how much you believe in it well i know poppy what were the other ones uh magog i think was one of them who was that some evil demon of the (laughs) underworld oh oh i don't don't know all the different demons but essentially they would each pick like a different demon name um and magog was one of those was was poppy bushes george hw um well poppy was his nickname but i don't think that was his skull and bones name Sure. But you're saying that it was that Magog was was his? correct. Yeah. Oh, fascinating. OK, that's very interesting. Yeah, dude, that's a that's a diabolical motherfucker because he was up, to, he, you know, a lot of people at the time, which I wasn't alive back then. I think I was born when he was, you know, uh, that was the first president around when I was born. So I don't remember it. 
But supposedly he was this bumbling idiot, kind of like his son, right? But they they were like these cunning motherfuckers. And so what makes you think that George Bush, um, you know, being being the way that he was, how how can we not expect Trump to be the exact opposite? Trump is like this really brash, rude millionaire. And then, you know, just kind of incompetent, maybe. I mean, I don't know, because that's that's the exact opposite of the way that the Bush family acted. They were very, very they were political operators, but yeah, they Bush, acted like they didn't have a clue. Bush was Bush. kind of like Monty Burns. You know, he was yeah, he, he was he, he had yeah. power, but he was kind of an idiot and kind of screwed up and got in his own way. And yeah, Bush was an interesting I don't, but I disagree, man. Bush I th- I H W brilliant. Bush yeah. senior did a lot. I mean, he was vice president, he was head of the CIA. He, he also got busted president. banging boys in the White House. Yeah. Yeah, but who who remembers that? Who cares? That, that's not written in the history. But it was also a Mooney article, which is very easy to kind of yeah. swipe away for that reason. You really think that shit matters in the real world? Like, look at him in the real world. Historically, he's gone down as this prominent figure. Well, he's like especially the, he's after, like the black, especially version. after Trump. Yeah, he's like the dark version of Forrest Gump. He just so happens to be at all these major <laughs> events yeah. in world history. <laughs> yeah, yeah in, the, in the background. Yeah. Yeah. Just like Bill O'Reilly, too. He's another one of those guys that always says like he was like involved with a lot of shit. But yeah, man, it's uh, I forget who else. Oh, uh, Bush with I forget who it was. I mentioned he was vice president when he was vice president. Uh, he tried to take out Reagan because, you know, yeah, the Hinkley uh, <laughs> Hinkley was gonna, about to go meet with Neil, Neil Bush, you know, the night that he freaking uh, shot Reagan, not not John, Hinkley, but John Hinkley's dad. And John Hinckley has a, a dope ass band right now. I don't know if you guys have heard of that. He's got a band no. now, a country music band. This is I, no shit. I can only imagine. It, it It's very weird when you hear the folksy tunes that he's singing right now. And when he's like uh, trying to make it relatable, you're wondering what he's talking about. If he's talking about like prison, uh, you know, relationships or what's going on. But yeah, well, he's, he's basically just, an MK Ultra. So they could program him really easy to come out with some hits. I mean, they're not good. They're not good songs. Is it hip hop? Is it hip hop? <laughs> I'll see what I'll, I'll see what the title of the band is, but it's it's very interesting, dude. I, that that this dude's got a little band rocking. His name it, it would be real ballsy if the name of the band was like the Reagan Killers or something like that. That would be fantastic. It'd be dope if it was the like Dead uh, Reagans instead of the Dead Kennedys. <laughs> Lincoln's box seats or. Uh, uh kennedy's convertible that's a good one i mean you got all these good ones here <laughs> let's see here okay so the band cut and scratch cut and scratch that's the that's the name of hinkley's band it's, yeah, it sounds like a stray cats cover band yeah it's like a chick <laughs> band i don't know cut and scratch what what's his, i think what's that's it that's the first thing that popped up. sounds like a kind of band-aid like what kind of band-aids do you have? Oh, cut and scratch band-aids. <laughs> How much would that suck though to be trained all through MK Ultra, almost take out a president, join the music industry, and they don't even like, you know, give you the decency to give you some free um, you know, Grammys or or something. Well, yeah, and you guys- gotta go the country route. Like, come on, like give me something. You're not getting any they get them like a little Nas X collab. It's like their version of the witness 40. protection program. <laughs> you know, witness protection program within the country music industry. Yeah, yeah. yeah you, you can you can have some hits, but you're nobody's gonna know who you are. 
<laughs> his green plane side. That's him. perfect. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh my god. Oh. That reminds me. I've been throwing around the idea of doing like a, a fake series of mixtape um, covers called Clinton's Greatest Hits. And it's just like a, a series of album covers of like the different assassinations related to the Clinton body count. That's a lot. Dude, that like, that's be that's music. a lot. Yeah. <laughs> What's that number up to? Like 80 something now? M- more than the Beatles. It's a lot. Yeah. <laughs> Greatest hits. Like, Literally. That was always my thing with the Hillary, with the Clinton kill list is like, who like has 80 random deaths? of their associates like that's Again, nobody I has would, that I would happen. Say alistair crowley might make that <laughs> well maybe alistair people, crowley. people just say oh you know they knew a lot of people <laughs> yeah <laughs> they do a lot of people like yeah so does a lot of people but to have 80 very strange deaths in your very close and now if you add people. all of like the uh, abuse and rape allegations on top of the the dead bodies i mean it's it's almost like a statistic, not even a statistical anomaly. It starts to like verge on impossibility, right? It's impossible. Yeah. Well, yeah. Like, and, and how many suicides died by multiple gunshot wounds? At least you know, that's another thing. When you're seeing somebody die one. with two, two bullet wounds to the head. Yeah, you, I'm not buying that. Clear suicide. Two to yeah. the back of head. <laughs> seen it every day. <laughs> you find anything good, Ryan? I'm trying to find this damn name. It, I, it's the... It's either that or Davo, but Davo is not it. Because like, Davo's suing Hinkley for stealing their lyrics. <laughs> so I think that's kind of funny. This is a backstory that I can absolutely get into. I mean, this should be a movie. This is like one of those VH1 <laughs> behind the musics. Yeah, dude. John Hinkley Jr. Because <laughs> we're, we're talking about Whip It, right? Davo Whip It? Devo, yeah. Like, I mean, he was a man that was obsessed with Jodie Foster. <laughs> Jodie Foster didn't know who he was. And now he's got a band. That's, a, that's the way that you do that, dude. That just, you roll it's right in. the perfect that. voice for that, too. Well done. <laughs> <laughs> that's like, like, that's good. That was good. Yeah, it was. Thanks. I can she keep going. for that voiceover shit. <laughs> in a world. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, dude. No, that that's it's so funny to me that this dude's out there making music and fucking uh, Sirhan Sirhan is still rotten in a prison. He's about to get out, though. I doubt he will, though, man. I honestly don't think he would. In this administration, anything's possible. That's true. Yeah, they let Biden, anybody out. Yeah, Biden wants to fucking rim him. I'm sure it's weird. <laughs> These guys are weird, man. Go have ice cream with him. They can still record an album from behind bars. I've seen rappers do it. Dude, imagine that. Imagine, imagine if John Hinckley has Sirhan Sirhan do a little M- verse. MC Sirhan Sirhan. Yeah, MC Sirhan. That's fire, dude. That's fascinating. <laughs> yeah, weird, weird world that we're living in. It's like cartoon shit. It seems like. Oh, it's, it's totally. It's, it's, can you take it seriously? Fucked yeah, you up, can't, retarded man. time in history. It, it's it's totally <laughs> never been more obvious that it's a simulation. It's just just look at the way. Like I don't know how many people go out in the world, um, or remember old times, but like the way that teenagers dress right now is like this ridiculous combination of the 80s, 90s, and early 2000s. <laughs> I did see that Jinkos are starting to make a comeback. Like, I saw some kids at Target. I don't go public places very often. So when I do, I feel like an outsider. 
um, looking at aliens or something, but there was this teenage kid in the most ridiculous clothes. And it was just like, I looked at my wife. I was like, that is the weirdest combination of eighties, nineties and early two thousands gear that I've ever seen. Like what do you, it's generational fluidity. <laughs> I, I mean, oh, I guess it makes sense since everything else is fluid. AKA yeah. broken simulation. The matrix is broken. That's the problem. Dude, it's a, it's a weird time. Well, it, it's funny you say that because uh, I think it was Bob from Bob's Lessons tweeted, you know, what if the job shortage is because one fifth of the population was actually NPCs and they just got rid of them? And it's like, oh, now you're talking something pretty interesting Ooh, wait. because there is I've that, it. you know, you hear that NPC talk all the time of, you know, some of the there are people out there that are just They're there just to exist. I mean, I think it's a toxic, uh, slippery slope if you're not really careful on that one. I will say that like as a caveat, but I'll also say uh, I've seen some evidence to, that could confirm that, right? Like, I mean, what kind of plausible. slippery slope? Because I have moments it's, where I well, wish Bill Gates I would say this, and it's his... It's a slippery slope to like, kind of <laughs> dehumanization, right? right. Yeah, exactly. I, well, that's, yeah. that's exactly what, I'm what I mean. Yes, because that's... I have some moments where I wish Bill Gates and the Illuminati all the... the luck in the world with their depopulation program where i'm like nope they're right everybody needs to die I'm had, just... I've, had, I've had some times like that too just driving in atlanta traffic which has gotten three times worse somehow since the pandemic you know what i mean like, wait this wait the traffic make... hasn't gone down with all the deaths it's yeah yeah isn't that amazing or the gas prices but, yeah, I'm driving that shit all day, man. Uh, I, traffic is frustrating. But I, yeah, I mean, it's a slippery slope. Toxic, like you, you should never dehumanize anyone. Like everyone has rights. No one's, de, you know. Well, let's let's let, let's let's isolate some things. Everybody I mean, has Bill, rights. Bill Gates deserves, but they don't have the right done. to not Fauci be dehumanized. By my opinion. You know, I mean, I can think that they're less than human, but it doesn't mean I want to do anything to well. Th that's why I say it's a slippery slope, you know what I'm saying? That's like, I'm not saying you're wrong, or it, I just, yeah, you yeah. hear moral Bob. I wish you would have told me that it was a slippery slope before I got on it. <laughs> yeah, moral Bob's not acting too moral right now. From what I, I don't want to violate anybody's rights, I want other people to do it, like Bill yeah, Gates. Well, I, dude, I get like, what you're damn saying it, too. come on. I get both sides of this, honestly, because, yes, I understand like how this could become like if you're going to say like like but you know what they're saying this about the, the people that don't want the vaccines. You know, you have high level politicians saying that we don't deserve health care, that we don't deserve any any rights because we don't want to fall in line and do this, you know, vac vaccination stuff. So they very much are dehumanizing us. But I do understand that we can be the bigger people, the ones with like, you know, somewhat of a brain that are, you know, be like, hey, you know what, like fuck you guys you guys want us to die it is very there's something very sick that i see on both sides of the aisle uh and both sides of the vaccination where you'll see like from fox news or or from cnn depending on what side but like a, a, an example of a headline would be anti uh, anti-vaccine activist dies of covid and you know what I mean? It's like, yeah. what are you what are you doing here? Like it's across not, the screen is just like a big told you so. <laughs> yeah, it's like, you know, and some people may not pick up on that, but it's like, dude, instead of just being like, you know, this this man with two children died of covid, it's tragic. 
they're like this fucking anti-vaxxer got what's coming to him. And a lot of these people that are <laughs> right. against against the COVID vaccine aren't even anti-vaxxers by definition, because this isn't a vaccine by definition. Yeah. Well, so, and you get it. You get it on the other side, too, are. Ryan. Right. You yeah. Get, yeah. Definitely. You get the other side of the people <laughs> that say, you know, this pro-vax guy who wished death upon anti-vaxxers dies right you know, of yeah. covid well, feasting on energy either way yeah you never exactly. see the other side of it yeah it's that it's that polarity again the duality yeah. and they have to they have to play to both sides and that's what's frustrating about this because they've set it up this way they want oh, you yeah. going at each other that's that's how this works for them and it's you know until people wake up and realize we're not fighting against each other it's not me against you whether i have a vax or you have vax it's us against them because they're the ones who are are taking away your liberties taking away your freedoms making mandates on your life and and trying to enforce practices that that aren't human you know classic divide and conquer yeah what's funny too is that it's us against them i'm assuming what you're saying it's like us against them them being the elite the elite aren't taking the fucking vaccines. They haven't gotten jabbed up. They're taking saline. Well, you know uh, them them is a combo, right? It's the politicians. It's the big pharma. It's yeah. everything. And and like you said to that too, big pharma's not taking it. Right? Those people aren't taking it. They're they're not touching that thing. So it's just it's so. I've so I've got a, th- a theory here. I'd like to hear you guys' opinions on this. But I'll I'll start out to say like. Does anyone have an idea on scale of one to a hundred on the chances that this whole thing just kind of blows over over the next few years? And I'm and say that in the context of living through swine flu. And I think the last big one that they really try to push was the H1N1 avian bird flu of like 2003, 2004. And I can't figure out like what makes this one the success story versus the multiple times they tried it before. And the o- the only um, this might be like correlation causation kind of mixture, but um, they had just finished this whole fact checking thing with the, the political realm in the election. And maybe they were like, man, this thing worked way better than we ever thought it would. You know, what's what's the next level? What's the hard mode of this? Hey, let's try the pandemic thing again. And they're like, all right, fucking throw it in there. Pandemic and then turn on the the fact checking filter and maybe it just like it was just so successful they're like well man let's just ride this thing I but i mean I'm, ends, I'm kind of picking up stories I it, but I, go ahead yeah dude i think it ends once the uh once they run out of greek letters in the alphabet and then it's done <laughs> well no people i mean you can just start doubling answer, up though man <laughs> to answer the question of of why it now is people just weren't dumb enough yet they hadn't disconnected people from reality enough social media hadn't been around enough like like it was they were waiting and they kept testing with little things in between bigger things so they'd have a big thing like h1n1 and then they've had little feelers like the measles you know and so they just kept testing the waters until it was the right time i mean not a few years before covid hit they tried it with the measles saying there were measles outbreaks at Disney world and blah, blah, blah. But it fell on its face because all of the outbreaks got traced Remember back the to Zika virus adults. Uh, yeah. In right. Florida, it was a huge thing. Everyone was going to have babies with, you know, enormous heads for a while, but it, well, just and then it turns out that wasn't even a side effect of Zika. No, they were like, small heads, right? Some, yeah. yeah. It, was, it was some other, some <laughs> other bullshit. Like, so they my, just put my, all this propaganda out there just to scare people. My ex-girlfriend found a uh, a stray cat and we named it Zika. 
at the time. <laughs> it was when it nice. was going crazy. It was when it was all in the throws. It was all heavy and people were all well, in, in Florida, too. They were sending notices to people's houses, like dump out any standing water around your house. You know, like you're going to attract the Zika virus and cause this huge uh, outbreak. Oh, good luck with that in Florida, dude. <laughs> yeah, no kidding, right? There's no dumping out standing water in Florida. That's <laughs> everywhere. It's crazy. Yeah. I think it's all bullshit anyway. Like, I, I, I verdict's still out, but I, I don't think that's how we get sick. Well, now you're going to in 03. I knew people <laughs> that were stocking up on Tamiflu like it was fucking gold bullion. Yeah. Mm. Like it was ivermectin horse paste. I got a bunch of that. <laughs> I was going to say, so you buddy of mine just, that, right? Apple flavored only, though. You don't want that strawberry flavor. I got the shit. apple flavored. Okay, buddy good. buddy of mine just tried to get some of the ivermectin, and he had to pay $125, and his insurance wouldn't cover it because the insurance wants you to get the jab. I got $3 paste horse paste. I, I, you know what? That's a good business. You probably get arrested real quick, and I'm not going to do that. I'm not going <laughs> to sell any of it. But uh, yeah, dude, go to Tractor Supply, b- grab the uh, the horse paste, and then I know uh, Doctor Zev Zelenko. Uh, the the he's got like some Z. It's not Z Pack. It's some other medication. Um, but you know Stella Emanuel, Doctor Stella Emanuel. That she's the the black lady. That um, I forget what country she's from exactly, but she uh, was very very early to jump on on the bandwagon with the HCQ and turned out to be right. Uh, these people are selling this stuff with no prescriptions. You know what I mean? Yep. So if you if you want to stock up on that, because there are some people that are skeptical of the horse paste. I've taken it. I know other people that have taken it. I am not a doctor, so I'm not recommending anyone take it. I have matter of fact, I don't think any of you should take it. But if you, you know, are, are afraid to take something like that, you can go and you can go to, you know, other places like that. I just take natural stuff and not, I don't I try not to worry too much about it. I've been mixing vodka tonics with lime, and I think that's the way to go because tonic water does have quinine in it, and that's a organic form <laughs> hey, of HCQ. Get the go. sugar-free tonic, though, <laughs> because yeah. you buy that sugar shit and you're just drinking sugar water, and all that quinine is useless because now you got diabetes. Well, now you, you know how the, uh, the the shaman would drink the urine of the reindeer to get the effects of the uh, the amanita. I think there might be a similar dynamic here. You just find a horse and feed him much of horse paste. Then you can just drink the horse urine and not have to worry about overdosing Dude, or anything like that. I heard something fascinating, and I talked about this in the in the uh, brucellosis episode, where the the breast milk of infected women actually has high amounts of of antibodies of COVID antibodies, whether it's the vaccine or I mean the the ones that catch uh, COVID naturally and then get over it their antibodies are much higher than vaccinated moms all right vaccinated them out i that's what i'm saying i i said when i when i read that i was like give me a pregnant woman yeah we suck on some tits let's go you know so it's a a that's gonna be like the The market uh, will bring back wet nurses yeah they're saying the price of sperm (laughs) skyrocketing the price of breast milk is going to go through the roof too oh, and, and public breastfeeding will have a whole new sort of cultural revolution where it's where uh, it be or it'll be porno- pornography <laughs> or, or like raw milk they'll just ban it you're right it'll just get banned yeah they always have <laughs> no a more breastfeeding ever formula only watch oh. it start a wave of of every dairy product is breast milk so you're having cheese and shit oh Ugh. This is no good. Yeah, no, I'll pass. It's better than the beer. Have you heard of the beer that was made with yeast from a yeast infection? Oh, 
Come on. Hey, this now is right you, taste now you can <laughs> have a good night's sleep. In the produce aisle. And remember me when that happens. A little tangy like, aftertaste. Some vagina beer. You oh. really need to write a punchline <laughs> for that one, man. Yeah. <laughs> oh, why don't we why don't we pass it around? Give your plugs and uh I, I guys, this was great. Uh Paranoid American, we'll start with you, brother. Yeah, I'll kick it off. So paranoidamerican.com. I've been doing um, sort of self-publishing comics and music and games all about occult topics and specifically Americans conspiracy theories. You can find just this month, I've released a whole bunch of stuff on Amazon. So our main flagship is the Time Samplers series about musicians that travel through time fighting sheeple and uncovering, you know, the Titanic conspiracy and MK Ultra and learning about um project monarch from beginning to end how to make a project monarch you know slave and then um a couple other ones that i'll throw out there one's coming out is called never a straight answer nasa and this is about stanley kubrick directing the moon landings for the cia um and then i've got another one on amazon called um, um paranoid american history 101 and it's a collection of eight different short stories um about skull and bones there's one about the jfk assassination there's one about orson wells and the war of the worlds being funded by rockefellers as sort of this uh psychological experiment there's one about the iran contra drug scandal and how the reagan family was behind um, or at least took credit for the dare program and the story of uh, freeway ricky ross so you can kind of see that it's a it's a very wide uh gamut of different kind of stories and stuff so check it out paranoidamerican.com Thanks and thanks dude, again for uh, letting me shout badass. it out. That is, oh, dude. Great, I'm going to check that out. My my oldest son is in art class doing anime and comics. Oh, and, and if you've got kids too, I've got a, yeah, a children's dude. book called "Connect the Dots: The Confounding Conspiracy of Chemtrails," which uh, it's it's legit, just written like a, a children's book, but it kind of explains, you know, the the difference of contrails and chemtrails and geoengineering and. Uh, the next in that series of Connect the Dots is, is the Secret Society job fair, which will show a full evolution from Cult of Mithra um, to the Cult of Demeter to Skull and Bones and Illuminati, all the way to kind of modern day Freemasonry and Golden Dawn. So all kinds of you know fun things. And I, I like to have fun with it. I don't take it too seriously. Dude, that's rad. That's such a cool idea, it. man. You just got a fan. Awesome, man. That's what I'm here for. <laughs> Hell yeah, dude. Uh, Nick, you got anything you want to plug, brother? Uh, no, not really. Uh, if you just want to follow me on Twitter and just talk some shit, um, <laughs> follow me there at uh, Illumination AU. It's just Illumination with a K at the beginning and AU after it. Excellent. And thanks for joining, man. I really appreciate it. Yeah, and, thanks for and the definitely, invite. You know, like Ryan said, stay in touch with that stuff because uh, anytime you, you, know, you, you got something you want to get out there, hit us up and we'll gladly put you on yeah for sure cheers mr bootsy how we doing yeah man doing great i really appreciate it man i really appreciate you having me and it's great to meet everybody you guys are all super fucking cool and uh i hate alabama but i love you matt thank you um go dogs let's hope they can pull it out at the last minute you know my dad's There's gonna be a rematch don't worry i know there will be my dad was heartbroken last week you know it's so sad to see a grown man 
broken. <laughs> you didn't want to see me. <laughs> was he crying? Oh, man. I, I, he probably did cry. Like, I didn't Damn. see him cry, but he probably did actually cry. So, uh, but I love my dad. He's a good people and uh, <laughs> something to connect about. Yeah, my, uh, my work is uh, bootsygreenwood.com. I do comedy and I'm a, a coach. Um, so I, uh, I have a new offering. I'm, I'm doing like a reading club uh, with folks and you can check me out. I have a YouTube channel. I make like little vloggy videos and have a podcast right now. It's called Boots, Bootsy Greencast, but uh, I'm about to uh, change that up uh, and uh, rebrand it here in the new year. Uh, and I'll just be, it'll be blue collar mystics. Uh, I'm going to be doing some deep dives with folks on different topics in reality, uh, you know, breath, just really deep diving and exploring some of the more esoteric concepts, but trying to make it palatable. And uh, I want to make it interactive too. I'll have people send in their wake up stories and stuff like that. I'll post that, publish that and uh, sort of make it an interactive thing. So check me out, bootsygreenwood.com. And uh, yeah, I really appreciate it. Thanks everybody. Super, super duper fun. Thanks a lot. Oh, thanks for joining us, man. Mr. Bob, what do you got? Uh, I'm Moral Bob. You can find me on Instagram at uh, now. The, the Moral Bob. Yeah, for now, I just had to restart my page because it got <laughs> fucking nuked, just like my Twitter and my <laughs> Facebook. Um, so, yeah, that's where you can find me right now. Uh, I've got Hidden in Plain Sight as my podcast. Guys, this has been this has been awesome. Thanks for having me. It's nice to meet all you guys and, and be able to have conversations that go kind of all over the place. And you know, <laughs> I like fun little tangents like, like we did tonight. So, Hey, and, and Bob, I got to give you credit because you do a good job of taking your guests opposite of where other people go. You're one of the only people I've heard interview David Weiss and got him off of flat earth. And when you guys talked about 9-11 and stuff like that, that was amazing. Like, because he has information, but it always ties to the flat earth. So I give you credit, man. (laughs) That dude's a gangster, man. Like, he had an entire life before he was Flat Earth Dave of being a deep diving researcher into all of the things that we like. I mean, he knows about Tartaria. He knows about mud floods he knows about all of this stuff and he has videos on his page about all of this stuff about the fake moon landing and everything before he became flat earth day but when he just found that he was like i have to focus everything here um so i like ever since i found out about him i wanted to talk to him about something other than that and i was glad he agreed even though halfway through the episode it it came back around flatter. Oh yeah. You took, you had to take that horseshoe, man. It had, had to come to, back yeah. around, but it was, it, it, no, you, you did a have... great job getting him off track and getting yeah. him onto other stuff. Cause I, I didn't, I assumed that was all he knew was flat earth and man, it was, it was a good interview. Yeah. He's a rad dude, man. Check out his, uh, his YouTube page. I'll plug it in a uh, deep in the rabbit hole. D I T R H. I think yeah. it is his video. I mean, he's gotten all of his playlists deleted, but he still has some pretty good videos up. I'm dyslexic, so it always says dearth. Same That's how I too. remember his page. I type it oh, out. Oh, shit, man. It's backwards. <laughs> uh, thanks for joining us, Bob. Ryan, what do yeah. you got for us? Are you really dyslexic? Uh, yeah, kind of. Wow. 
I find out so many interesting things about you every time we speak, dude. This is yeah. Reading reading is not easy. Like I've 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 gotten it under control, especially in the last like two years. It's amazing. The more I read, the more it kind of fades away. But there's certain phrases, words where everything gets twisted up, and I see it one wow. way, and I can stare at the thing on the page, and and the letters will not move out of the order I see them in my brain. Same, wow. dude. I have that problem too. That's why this this shit podcast have been really good for me because i can just consume yep fascinating yeah man no uh yeah dangerous world podcast um you know ha- always having fun just uh trying to find new information uh with uh with you know all this kind of stuff becoming so mainstream it's kind of cool to just you know meet new people i met you know three new people tonight so that was pretty great man um, really, really excited about, you know, just this whole community doing what they're doing. And you can find more of my work on patreon.com slash dangerous world podcast. And if you want to buy t-shirts or hoodies or stickers or whatever, head over to uh, dangerousworldstore.com and, uh, you know, got free shipping in the United States and, and just having a good time, man. And I did notice since I'm always looking at people's t-shirts and stuff that, uh, most people, I mean, no one's going to see this, but the, uh, paranoid American shirt, that nice little low key, uh, you know, unsolved mysteries design is something that I think goes over probably a lot of people's heads, but that is fascinating because I've got I, a couple on there. If you like this one, I've got a couple. What's the guy's name? Martin stack for the host. Uh, man, you're putting me on the spot here. I don't know. I can't remember the guy's name off the top of my head. I think it's Martin Stack, if I'm not mistaken. I know his last name's Stack, but yeah, that guy is fucking voice of an angel. And he just really haunted my childhood. And uh, yeah, man, we we try and do fun shirts like that. You know, I got the COVID uh, World Tour band T-shirt that's about to come up. So you got all your variants and all that fun stuff. So, uh, yeah, just really thankful, Matt, that you uh, that you allow me to hop on here and do these with you because this is a, it's a really great way to just get cool information out. What about all your uh, credentials there, Matt? Yeah, no, I, I love doing this first of all, cause I get to meet new people, right? I got, I got to meet three new people myself tonight. This is, this is the whole point of it, get people together and then branch out. And uh, yeah. So if, if anybody else, anybody's interested in, in joining us or, or has anything they want to share with us, hit me up on Instagram at the great deception podcast. Uh, you can check out my podcast on any of the platforms. I got a YouTube channel bit shoot, and I think odyssey too. Um, and we're going to be starting up. A, I have a telegram it's, it's out there. There's not much on it yet, but I hope to get that going too pretty soon. Get some conversation going. Uh, and that's about it. I want to thank you all again. Guys, it's been great. I really appreciate it. And uh, everyone stay strong and question everything.